Hey everyone, we want to welcome you to the Floater Founder Podcast. This is a Toronto-based podcast featuring local founders across all markets. We are your hosts, Samantha Lloyd and Lyson Casey. We are going to be bringing you interviews with exciting and hardworking founders. They will be sharing their experience creating and leading a company. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, you're here with Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here with my co-host, Lyson Casey. Hello everyone. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Rachel Kelly, the founder and chief lemon of Make Lemonade, the co-working space downtown Toronto. Hello everybody. So welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Um, First, let's talk. What is Make Lemonade? Uh, So Make Lemonade is a co-working space for women in the heart of Toronto. And what um, gave you the idea to start this co-working space for women? So uh, I've been freelancing for a couple of years, working from coffee shops and working from home. And the thing I was kind of battling all the time was loneliness. And I was really tired of paying five bucks for a coffee and then realizing I couldn't find a seat in a coffee shop and then the Wi-Fi wouldn't work and, you know, all sorts of those, those, that, those constant things. Um, So I remember one day I was uh, really frustrated with my day and started writing out kind of these ideas of like, wouldn't this be nice if I could have a space or I just, the ideas kind of just started flowing and then as does any good idea, I just kind of like shelved it and, and left it and that was that. And then um, a couple years later, I was working out of a co-working space. Um, I was uh, volunteering there for a while and I actually met somebody who uh, had an advertising agency. So I started working for her as a freelancer and just kind of kept on taking on more gigs and more gigs. Uh, And then what ended up happening is that I was offered a full-time salaried position with her and I was super excited. This is the first time I've ever had a salary up until that point. I've always done gig work and kind of balancing travel and uh, I guess no no serious commitments at that point. And so I ended up uh, canceling all my other contracts and was like, I'm going all in. I'm going to buy a couch. I'm going to buy a beautiful blue couch because like I'm an adult. Uh, so the first thing I need to do is uh, get something something exciting like that. And then a day before I was supposed to start working, she was like, never mind. Can you continue freelancing for us instead? And that kind of was like a bit of like a, a record rip in my life at that point or a lemon, if you will. And I felt like I kind of had a couple of options. One was, okay, you can just find another job or get another gig, but I had known for a long time I wanted to create something for myself. Or I could jump on a plane and do some soul searching, but I've done a lot of that too. Or I could finally just bite the bullet and start something for myself. And I asked myself, if not now, then when? And and I said, life's handed you a lemon, so you may as well make lemonade and then that would that happened in October of 2016 and 27 September 2017 a whole year later I opened Make Lemonade that's so exciting I remember uh, seeing the article on BuzzFeed uh, like with all the images or not BuzzFeed sorry BlogTO with uh, all the images and everything of your co-working space and I was like this place looks awesome yeah actually funny story about that BlogTO article so Make Lemonade is situated uh, above a restaurant, six stories above the restaurant. And my parents and I went down and had kind of like a celebratory meal for that first night. 
and uh, a friend texted me saying like blog like congrats on the blog to article and I was like oh my gosh oh my gosh so we like looked at it and we read it and we were all excited and then we jumped on Instagram and then at this point I think I had maybe 500 followers and then it just like every minute we were refreshing and more and more people were following and it was it was so cool and actually still to this day my parents will like send me hex updates of like congrats on the new newest followers or whatever Aww, yeah I love that. um how would you say what's a good way to kind of manage expectations when starting a new business um i think for me uh i guess maybe at the beginning my expectations were were maybe maybe high but i've never done something like this before so i kind of I guess I situate it as like you can only go up things can only get better um and anytime I had a really really horrible experience and I I mean I had to make a lot of tough tough decisions at the beginning um I would just constantly tell myself this is not the hardest decision you will have to make so just make one uh that's how I dealt with the beginning days Makes sense. And what was kind of the hardest thing you had to deal with at the beginning? Uh, It's hard to define one hard thing, but I've never worked with contractors before. And I think that was a really, really big learning curve. Um, And it's just there's so much unknown you know it's it's kind of easy to go okay I'm gonna plan I'm gonna plan an event for 30 people I've never done that before but to go I'm gonna renovate and three uh, three thousand square foot office and I'm a quote-unquote nobody and all these you know different people are gonna be coming in all the time that was a whole other level of I don't know what I'm doing And uh, what was the most satisfying thing for you? Uh, what has been the most satisfying thing running Make Lemonade? Um, so at the beginning, I think it was that it was like Instagram strangers became friends. I actually, I'm, I have plans with a friend tomorrow night who was somebody who came in and volunteered to paint right at the beginning. Um, we didn't even know what each other looked like when she came in the first time. Um, and now I think the, the, the more satisfying things are... Uh, when when I go into the office and I see all these people that I've never met before, it's like, okay, things are really, really working. Or if I've told a stranger about what I do and they're like, oh, I've heard about this. And then the other satisfying thing is knowing that I'm, uh, I'm actually, it's no longer just me and this cool project that I actually have staff and people who are, you know, making a living off of, of this company that I built. That's really exciting. And how has it been building a team? What have you learned from that? I think it's a lot of like trust your gut and you have to just, I think there was a bit of a leap of faith that I took at the beginning. Um, when I made my first hire, I was just kind of felt like I was at a between a rock and a hard place. I had had kind of a series of personal things that had happened to me a couple months after I'd opened and was like, I just, I can't do this anymore. So I was a little bit desperate, but uh, I ended up um, making my very first hire. I was super nervous for the interview, really nervous like during our first couple of weeks. And um, now that first hire, her name is Ashley, and she's been with me for a year and a half, and she's like my my right-hand person. She's, she's my everything. Um, and then for other hires that I've made in the time, um, I think it's still that same thing. There has to be a bit of this like let go of some of the the inhibitions and that kind of thing um but as time's gone has gone on too i think i've 
I've, I've learned a lot more about what it means to be a boss of, of Make Lemonade and um, managing my expectations for, for all of that. At the beginning, it was so hard. I didn't know what my expectations were. I was like, I just need it done. Um, and now it can be a bit more picky. Yeah. Cool. Um, if you could do it all over again, knowing what you know today, uh, what would you do differently? Hire different contractors. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I would do that differently. I would have focused on building a community online so much more. Um, I probably would have brought on someone uh, to work with me at the beginning too. Although it's 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 kind of hard to say that too because you only know what you know until after you've, you've gone through it. And um, oh, maybe some of the design decisions that we made too. This I think can go for a lot of things like... so. <sighs> I, I guess I'm trying to figure out how to like put this, distill this into words. But uh, so, for example, these benches that we have, like they are custom fit and they are made to size to that office. But we only have a lease for so long. So once we're gone, those benches stay there. So I would have made smarter decisions for the long term for us too. And that kind of goes now with with any kind of event that we host or whatnot. Like we'll write down every single process that happens, so it's not attached to that one specific event. These are details that we can repeat and use for other things. That's good. And um, you mentioned your online community, which I know is just like a huge thing that rallies mm-hmm. around Make Lemonade. How has growing that been? Like, what was the process of growing that? Um, um, yeah, growing growing the online community started in, it, I think it was like October 13th, 2016. And it was just me putting out ideas and, and, and trying to see if people were going to catch on. And, and, and it was a bit of like a market test at the beginning to see if what I was putting out there would be what people would like too. Um, and up until this day, like we just kind of redid what our content strategy should be. Like there's no formula or recipe that we exactly have. Um, it's still mostly me and then also Ashley uh, is doing that uh, or helping out so much with it. Um, the One of the most satisfying things uh, about our social media was right at the beginning, I had a, a friend of mine go, you need to follow this account. It's called Make Lemonade. It's really cool. And I feel like you would like it. And I was like, surprise, it's me. But I did that intentionally. I didn't really tell many of my friends what I was doing because I wanted to, I really wanted to test and see if people were going to like it. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, what, what's your favorite and also least favorite thing about running your own business? Oh, there's so much responsibility. Um, I think, like, I'm not complaining about that. I I started Make Lemonade when I was 26, so I had to grow up really, really quickly. There were some things that it just, all of a sudden a year goes by and it's like, oh my gosh, what, what just happened? Um, and not in a bad way. Um, so I think... that's again it's so hard to say that that's like my least favorite thing um maybe one of my least favorite things is like ordering coffee and like man we got to order more toilet paper and like all those little things Mm, my favorite thing is that I honestly can say that I love my job I love going to work every day that's awesome and um to kind of um like backtrack a bit into the focus of make lemonade why do you think women needed a co-working space Mm -hmm. Um, so I, when I started it, I was like, I just wanted a really cool and inspiring place to work. I was like, I love my home, but I'm really, really lonely here. 
and I saw a lot of cool coffee shops in the city that were really funky but didn't really have the practicalities of co-working so I knew that I knew that I wanted a like an inspiring design forward space and I knew that other people were interested in that kind of thing as well now when it came to opening a co-working space and when I started to really go down deep on the internet of how to open a co-working space I realized you know there's so many places in Toronto that already do co-working how am I going to make this place stand out so at this time um, I was also part of other online uh, groups for freelancers and people who remote, worked remote jobs. And I noticed, I started to notice a trend where the, the majority of people who were actually leading the conversations were women. And I'm seeing something that's happening here. And I feel like we're having these conversations. We have these communities online, but we're not meeting in person. So I wanted to make sure that what I was creating was, was physical um, and a space where everybody felt welcome to come. Um, why do you? Why would you say that businesses need a, a space so they can go work and kind of have their own, as opposed to just kind of working from home or everybody mm. working remote? Yeah, um, I I love the whole idea of working remotely too. But there is something that is so uh, I don't even want to say special because that almost like makes it sound lighter than what it actually is. But humans need to connect with other people. Everybody is is a little bit different. There's some people who come to make lemonade every day monday through friday that's it or monday monday through monday all the time um, and then there's some people who are only going to come once a month or twice a month and then divide their time and go to coffee shops or or work from home but we need this this way to connect with other people to bounce ideas off of of each other and um to feel that we're not alone either there are so many times where i've i've worked from home and i've caught myself talking to myself or um have gone to an event and then met somebody and gone oh like you feel that way too that's amazing so those kind of like revelations and those those connections happen on a regular basis at make lemonade um and i don't think that that's necessarily special to just make lemonade that's that's the other point of what co-working spaces exist for that's even why coffee shops exist for or different events it's to to meet and connect with other people uh yeah we can say from experience that when we were working from home uh, all the time like you get even with the two of us like you still get like lonely like you still he wants to bounce ideas from like other developers and I can't help him there so it's always good to have a community and other people to seek out who you need to talk to to grow professionally absolutely it's also I find really difficult to motivate yourself uh, working from home and Mm -hmm. when you're like when you're paying to go somewhere you're like okay I gotta use this absolutely yeah yeah for sure nobody pays you to sit well no People pay you to sit at home sometimes too, <laughs> but um, the the motivation is totally totally different. I worked from home today, and I, although I got my things accomplished, I wasn't as motivated when I was at home. What's your process of kind of acquiring uh, new customers? So that was something that I was struggling with so much at the beginning. Um, I, I had a really really tough time with it. So so now it kind of happens in a couple of ways there's word of mouth so somebody has had a good experience at make lemonade either through an event or um they they've come to co-work for the day um and then that that word of mouth passes along but we host different events uh each month so we have a lemon mixer and every single event and every every day pass every option is always open to the public 
the only thing about being a membership is or being a member is that you get um, additional perks and whatnot but um, one of the big focuses about make lemonade is that we're a community not a club so you don't have to be a member to drink the lemonade Cool. So like a, a freemium model, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so so what we do is when we have our different events, um, we always uh, we always say a little pitch at the end. And one of the biggest things that kind of changed for me was realizing that, you know, pitching and trying to get new customers, and I'm saying these all in quotation marks, um, is that it doesn't have to feel icky or uncomfortable. It's like I genuinely want to tell uh, these new people in the space about the the cool options that we have here and and because they've come for that evening or for that event that we're going to reward them because they've decided to do something a little bit differently. Um, so then, yeah, we do that. And then we always make sure that before an event and after an event, we send really solid follow-up emails as well, making sure that like the event isn't just that one night. They're, they're part of it. Uh, and then we kind of go from there. It's It was really, really tough at the beginning. Like I used to try to take up so much space as one person when only one other person was co-working there and saying like see what a vibrant community it is me and you (laughs) so um it's I think the other part of like growing a community or gaining new customers has just been like time like it's time and experience that has has brought brought us to where we are now and uh, yeah, side note, your email newsletters, I love them. Oh. I'm signed up for those. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I love writing that. Yeah. Oh, so you write all of them. I That's read every yeah. newsletter. Yeah. That's awesome. If there are any listeners who are thinking about starting their own business, but not sure, what advice would you have for them? Come to make lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> Come to make lemonade and then go to our master classes and uh, join the community. But um, I guess if you're not if you're not here in Toronto... Uh, I would suggest uh, my what I, I would suggest doing what I did, and I started with a massive list. I I just grabbed a big piece of paper, paper, and I took over my my living room and wrote out every single possible thing I could imagine that needed to happen, and then I just started taking them off. I mean, I did the things, then took them off, but I started <laughs> started doing the things, um, and then slowly but surely, like I, I achieved my goal and got there. And and somebody recently, or I heard this recently somewhere, where they said business is just a long list of to long to do list, and you just keep checking things off. And I think that's the the best analogy about what what a business is. And um, as time goes on, you get better at checking the the list, the items off, and then some things you realize aren't even worth being on the being on the to-do list you just get it done before you write it down um but i would also just suggest like be patient with yourself and uh in the times when it doesn't feel like anything's going anywhere take the time and spend more time just hanging out in the park or doing the things that you really like because then all of a sudden life changes and and you have less time yeah and um, so you get to watch a lot of founders. Obviously, there's tons of uh, women uh, and people in there starting businesses. What is kind of one consistent thing you've noticed that all founders have? Oh, that's a good question. They all have a membership. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, you know what? I think maybe the best thing to distill it down to is that they all have a good attitude. Um Everybody has been hit with setbacks and unfortunate situations, but um, for those that I've seen at Make Lemonade who have really, really thrived and, and done something 
really cool. Uh, at the end of the day, they've had a good attitude about what's happened. Of course, we can all go through our times of, you know, you know, you have to still feel sorry for yourself and go through all, all of the emotions of, of when setbacks happen. But um, the resilience and, and that attitude to kind of bounce back and go, no, I've got this. Um, it's something I remind myself of every day too, where I'm like, I've got one life. Like I may as well make these things fun. And whether it's business or going to the movies or whatever, um, I just want to do it with the best intentions. Yeah. As a founder, I'm sure there are a million and one things that you have to do. How do you kind of decide what which tasks are the most important and which ones you just say no to? Ah, so this has actually um, gotten a lot easier since Ashley and I um, had like a massive brainstorm session a couple weeks ago and we said, uh, here's all the goals we want to achieve by this time next year. And then we broke it down by quarters and we wrote down everything and anything that was fun and realistic and and not realistic and put it all down and then we kind of organized it based on what we you know what we thought could happen this and that um and so now when i when i decide what i need to do like let's just say at the top of the day i go okay is what i'm doing actually working towards that goal is this activity that i'm doing a, a lead generating activity or is this just actually wasting my time um, and then deciding the things that I don't want to do, um, it kind of goes back to like our core values. We have like a, a manifesto in our, we have a shared Google Drive with like all the things we need to do. And uh, in that manifesto, it, it kind of outlines our values and, and how we say no to things and how we decide uh, what, to, what to do. Um, and we kind of like, we have our boundaries as well. We're really precious with our time. Um, because again, at the end of the day, like, somebody said you didn't oh you didn't leave a nine to five to open a 24 7 so my time is really precious too and I only want to do it with things that are really important to me or are going to help the business as well so um it's it's an it's an it's been an exercise for sure to figure out what to say no to and yes to um but it's gotten a lot easier um even in these past couple of months um so out of the whole like process of running this business um what has been your kind of like favorite experience that you've had um i think maybe just like i've met so many strangers um and hearing some of the people's responses to i've heard people go like when I the first time I came to make lemonade it felt like home or I've never connected with so many people in one space or because of make lemonade I have a sense of purpose or my business has completely thrived since being here uh that's those are the kind of things that like that just started off with one tiny idea that I had and then it's created this massive impact and and uh change the value of some people's lives uh so it's just like i think that's that's the best thing and it's yeah. it's always going to be evolving and i think getting better that's great um how do you know when an idea is worth turning into a business um well maybe when you don't have any other options <laughs> uh or well for me a lot of ideas like we're like yes we need to act on this right away I still am such a believer in like, let's just sleep on it. Um, Sometimes, or they say like, give it a week and and see how you're gonna feel. I think it's, uh, that's such a good question. I don't know what the right answer is. And I'm sure you get so many different answers all the time. Um, 
I think it's at the end of the day, like if you, if your your business has to make money to to be able to support yourself, and if that's not the case, then you're just starting another hobby, and there's nothing wrong with with doing that. Um, but I think like part of it is like you have to give it time to like sink into that idea to decide that you really really like it too. And uh, did you have investors um, at the beginning or at any point in the business? And do you think every business is right for investors or not? Um, so the whole investing world is something I'm still completely like, I don't really know much about it. So when I started Make Lemonade, um, I actually had a trust fund. So I used a majority of that to start Make Lemonade. Um, and I'm still slowly paying that back to this day. So I'm constantly reminded <laughs> of, of all of that. Um, which in, in is in another way, like of like a, a type of investment is or investor uh, thing as well. Um, I don't think every every business is right for that too. Uh, I think it just depends on on the kind of business and how much capital you need to raise, or can it all be um, a self sustaining business? And and then you know, do you need more money to actually grow it to the next stage? Um, I think it really depends. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a question. How was the process of finding a location in Toronto? How oh, did that go? <laughs> awful. I think. I think. Um, I think with any new business, you have to have a level of like naivety. Uh, I used to call, my, or I still call myself, deluded rage. I think it's a great nickname for myself because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, so it was about a seven month process just to find a place from uh, that September or October really when I told um, a family, I told a family friend who was a real estate agent who told another real estate agent who told another real estate agent who ended up being my real estate agent. Um, and it, it, part of it was hard too because I still was like, I just want to know some numbers so I can write out how much I think this is going to cost. And then it was like, okay, this is what I think I want. And then it, it you know, that kind of changed. Um, and then we found a place. Uh, but then all of a sudden, nope, sorry, it's already taken. So it, it's it's pretty tough in Toronto as well. Um, yeah, it took a really really long time. And then all of a sudden, I found a place. And like, it it ticks about ninety percent of what I want. So let's just let's just go for it. And then. Uh, and then you still have to like negotiate and you know you have a letter of intent and all of this like legal jargon that I had no idea what it was at the at the start now I'm a whiz in all of it and and then before I signed the lease I calculated how old I was gonna be when the lease ended just just to be like are you sure are you sure you want to do this um and then I signed the lease but I told myself right from the beginning um was that things are nothing is impossible things are just complicated so if I wanted to get myself out I could Mm -hmm. it's not impossible yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so how do you manage your time uh okay so uh for a long time I was like a pen and paper kind of person um and now I'm like converted strictly to google calendar um I write or I kind of have like these are the things that I need to do, meaning like meetings. And then I like to I like to see like a blank calendar with the exception of the couple of like, here's the meetings or the places that you absolutely, absolutely need to be. Um, and then if we're talking like real logistics, right now we use Trello and we have like, here's our goals for each quarter. And then we've outlined each, uh, with each goal, we have like a checklist for each uh, thing. And then we have 
this is what we're working on for this week and those goals for the quarter get slowly pushed over to like this is what I'm working on this is what I'm working on there's always like regular day-to-day things um some of the things that I do to manage my time is that I only check my inbox about three times a day and I go okay like 10 a.m you know 1 p.m and then maybe around 4 p.m that I'm in there again and then after that that's it one of the best things that was that helped me with time management was learning that um your inbox is somebody else's to-do list it's not yours I think that that discipline, especially the notifications on the phone, it's so easy when you're out to be like, you know what, I'll just check. Like it's two Mm -hmm. seconds, what's the big deal? But it takes you away from being present uh, like in in your free time, which you, everyone deserves to have. Absolutely. And you know, I started to ask myself questions like, if I don't do this, will my business fail? Mm -hmm. And the answer was no. So I actually did an exercise on the weekend where I did not check social media um I mean I still peaked every once in a while but I really really like made an active um what am I trying to say an active try uh to not to not um go on to Instagram and I said to myself you know if you don't post on Instagram if you don't respond to any comments or DMs what's gonna happen and I found out on Monday that nothing bad happened it was all fine. Yeah, probably your followers just grew. So <laughs> it was fine because that community on Instagram. Do you want to talk actually about that Instagram partnership? Can you sure? Talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, really exciting thing that you got. Yeah. So. The kind of crazy thing that happened with Instagram was it was well over a year ago now. Um, I got an email from somebody being like, hey, it's David from Instagram. And I was like, cool, this is spam. And was ready to put it in the, uh, like, throw it away. But then decided, let me just read this a little bit more. I got invited to this kind of cocktail thing. And it was somebody from, from the Instagram team. And they wanted to uh, meet some other small business owners. Flash forward, there was another event like that, more business owners, and it was the COO of Instagram who was there, and it was like a roundtable discussion with all small business owners in Toronto. And that's when like the gears started to turn. I was like, wow, Instagram actually really cares about its users and, and about business owners. It's not just this big platform that's terrifying, um, and you can never talk to anybody. So then flash forward a couple more months, um, and we start reaching out for some partners for some some work that we're doing. And I said, you know, I have a contact at Instagram. Why don't I just send them an email? I sent an email, closed my laptop for the day, and was like, okay, I'm done. And the next day, I got a response from him. He was the first, first response out of all the pitches we made. So then a week later, we're at Facebook Canada, um, pitching to the team there. And then a couple weeks later, we established like a community partnership with with Instagram and uh, and Make Lemonade. And so what happens is basically we share really cool stories with them about cool people in our community doing really amazing things. And then in turn, we get to do some cool things at the Facebook and Instagram office. So uh, last month, we hosted a masterclass at Facebook Canada with about 80 of our members, which was really exciting because our capacity is 40 people at Make Lemonade. And then earlier in that month, uh, I actually got flown out to California and I got to meet Cheryl Sandberg and do some really cool things for International Women's Day. Um, We have a couple other exciting things down the pipeline, so um, you're gonna have to wait for that, but that's gonna happen in the fall. And it's just kind of this evolving conversation that we're having with them and it's 
Like, it's really, really cool. I would say that that's a big lesson to people to not be afraid to pitch. If you have a Mm -hmm. contact, the worst that can happen is no, and the best that can happen is uh, Is, what you're going through. Is is lunch with Cheryl Sandberg. (laughs) So, definitely, that's cool. Absolutely. If you get turned down, you're at the same position you were before you messaged them. It's so, so true. And at that point, you're actually probably at a better position because you know more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for any founders out there? Actually, I read something today. They said, you're going to be either the hero or the villain, depending on the story. And they kind of broke it down a little bit more where it was like, for some, you're going to be this um, noteworthy person or you're going to inspire others or you're going to do really cool things. And then for other people, you're going to be the one who that you had to fire, um, or you know you're going to have to tell them really bad news, or you're going to have to tell them about the no cancellation policy or whatever it is. Um, and and another, I'm really big into quotes too. This is something that my sister-in-law has shared too, where it's like you can't please everyone. At the end of the day, there's going to be someone who doesn't like apples. And it's the tr- it's the truth, and that's just I think about being a, a human being too. Um, yeah, like as a founder, you're a human, and you make mistakes too. And at the end of the day, all us humans, like we all put on pants the exact same way as everybody else. And um, it's like we're all just trying to to do our bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, rapid fire time. Are you ready? I'm ready. So um, what is your just favorite thing about Toronto? Um, that it's my home. And um, what is the best spot in Toronto aside from make lemonade? <laughs> oh, I want to think of a really cool answer, but it's rapid fire. Um, Leftfield Brewery. Very cool. And um, how do you start your day? Um, I wake up and I splash some water on my face and I'm a really slow morning person. So then what is your go-to like morning coffee or like jolt of energy? So I don't drink coffee. Um, My actual jolt of energy is like brushing my teeth with like extra minty toothpaste. Um, And then I just have like a cup of tea or like lemon and water. And then um, what is uh, like your favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Zanzibar. I did a volunteer program there for two weeks and it was amazing. What was your favorite thing about it? Uh, that every morning I woke up and we had like the freshest fruit, did yoga on the beach, and I just like I pinched myself every morning and had to ask myself if this was real life. Very cool. And um, where in the world, if you had to choose that wasn't Toronto, where would you live? Ooh, um, London. London, England is my favorite city in the world. What is your favorite app on your phone? I guess Instagram. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like that's such a typical answer, but I don't really have too many cool apps on my phone. Uh, What's the last podcast you listened to? I think it was something like Scaling Up or or something like that. Cool. What's the last TV show you binged? Ooh, that I binged was Killing Eve. Ooh, was that one good? That was good. Oh, but I lied. Actually, that was before. The uh, The actual last one that I binged was Delhi Crime. Delhi Crime. Really, really good. Cool. Yeah. Um, what's the last movie you watched? The la- Oh, I watched it the other night. It was called Ben is Back. And that's a new Julia Roberts one about her son with addiction. And it's a, it's a real tearjerker. What's the last book you read? Uh, so I'm currently reading like four at the same time. So I've got, um, 
what does it say over there? My, uh, it's by Worry Shannon. Worry Free Money by Shannon Lee Simmons. I'm also reading Joyful. I'm also like constantly reading um, the four hour work week because I feel like I can only take it in small doses because it's so good. And then I'm also reading the Michelle Obama Becoming book too. They're all in different places of my home. <laughs> um, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> Uh, what is the number one skill that you have that you rely on the most? Um, I mean, I've got to, like, I'm really good at keeping my Gmail inbox, like, empty. Like, I'm good at Gmail hacks. So I guess I do rely on that, like, all the time. Yeah. So who's the coolest person you met? Um, you know what? I met Rob Schneider once. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> who's the best boss you've ever had? The best boss I ever had um i think was my very first boss i've actually for the most most of my life have only worked in teams of really small women it just kind of i mean i didn't don't mean they're small people (laughs) i mean that it's a small team um and her name was allison will and it was like the very first like grown-up job i got after university and um she showed me a lot of kindness and empathy um right from the beginning cool and what was your first job so first first job was technically I was I worked for my parents they have a, a automotive a automotive factory basically so I worked on the the pr- production line there but my first job that I had to like hand in a resume to was Aldo accessories that's awesome well that is everything so thank you so much for laying us into your home which is as beautifully decorated as make lemonade um, make lemonades branding I mean like hats off to you for that it was so great getting to learn about your journey um, so yeah thank you thank you this was so fun we wanted to thank you so much for coming in we had such a great time interviewing you for floater founder And thank you so much to our listeners. We are so excited to share more founder stories with you. Until Until next time. time.